Good afternoon and welcome to the Small Business Matters podcast, the only podcast that truly matters to small business. My name is Tim Fulton, founder, chief evangelist for Small Business Matters. I'm your host for today's podcast. My co-host is Taylor Fulton, the director of marketing for Small Business Matters. Hello, Taylor. Hey, how's it going? Doing great. Taylor, I'm really excited about our guest today. I know you've known Bernie Meineke for a number of years. Uh, How about you? I'm very excited. He brings a lot of experience to the podcast, and I'm looking forward to hearing his insights on things. Great. Well, let's get started. First, I want to introduce Bernie Meineke. Bernie grew up in the state of Iowa, attended the University of Iowa, where he got his undergraduate degree in finance. He also has an MBA from Emory University right here in Atlanta, Georgia, from the Goizeta Business School with a concentration in finance. Out of college, Bernie was involved in a couple different small businesses and served as the vice president, general manager at Springwell Dispensers. So he's got experience in small business. And then after that, he really got involved in small business when he took a job with the University of Georgia Small Business Development Center and spent, and Bernie, correct me if I'm wrong, is it 24 years, 25 years? Yeah, 25 years, Tim. Thanks. 25 years with the University of Georgia Small Business Development Center. Bernie Meineke, very pleased to have you on Small Business Matters, the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Tim and Taylor. Pleasure to be here. Well, let's start off with our questions. Bernie, why don't we start with the SBDC? Um, uh, Maybe not everyone, all of our listeners are familiar with the Small Business Development Centers. Tell us a little bit about what the SBDC and what they do for and with small businesses. Sure. University of Georgia Small Business Development Center, or for short, SBDC, is certainly a great organization. I'm really lucky to have made, made it my career for these 25 years. I'm currently retired from the UGA SBDC and enjoying that new step in my career, this next act. But I am glad, I can't really speak for the SBDC at this point, obviously, but I certainly have a lot of experience there and be glad to give your listeners a little bit of an overview because it really is a great resource. Well, we're looking forward to that. Bernie, I know you had a number of different roles with the SBDC. Why don't you share with our listeners, what, what were your responsibilities? What were your roles at the SBDC? Sure. I started in 1993 with the Clayton State University SBDC as a business consultant and then later as the area office director. In about 1999, I moved to the SBDC location at Georgia State University downtown. Was there for 13 years. That's uh, one of the larger centers in terms of staff and coverage in the network. And it was a great experience there. Met a lot of great people in the Atlanta business community, a lot of great clients I had an opportunity to work with. For about the last five years before my retirement, I was in statewide positions out of the state SBDC office at the University of Georgia in Athens. I was responsible for coordinating uh, continuing education programming, as well as supporting the delivery of consulting services throughout the state. So really went from being hands-on with the clients, working with small businesses every day, more of a programmatic quality control role after that. Terrific. And and Bernie, in the spirit of, of openness and transparency for our listeners, when you were the director of the center at Clayton State, you had the misfortune of, of hiring me as one of your consultants. 
if you were to rank your your hires, I'm sure that's got to be somewhere towards the bottom of the list. Well, it was memorable for both of us, I'm sure, and I'm sure for different reasons, Tim. Uh, <laughs> I look at I look at that experience as, as a good one. I said, well, you know, maybe if we're lucky, we'll be able to keep this guy. As it was, we had a lot of great experiences together, learned a lot together, both at the same time. And also that transitioned into some opportunities uh, that we kept in touch with and continued to cooperate on even after you left the SBDC and and I stayed there uh, in my various roles. One of those great opportunities for us, one of those chance encounters that worked out really well. I, I can't agree more. Bernie, I'm curious, with that experience over time, if you were to guess the number of small business owners that you came in contact with in some shape or form around the state of Georgia ballpark, what would that number be? Wow. Well, you know, as a, as a consultant and area office director, I work with a, at least 100 different businesses every year mm. in, a, in a formal case, one, one that was actually documented where the time, you know, the session notes, confidential session notes were recorded and, and these were reported through our funding source, primarily the U.S. Small Business Administration. But if you add into that, Tim, the, the number of training programs that I participated in, delivered, facilitated, as well as the questions and networking and so forth has to be in the several thousands. No question about it. Has to be. And Bernie, I'm curious in over that period of time as well, what was your favorite part of that job? What did you what did you enjoy the most? By the leadership of the SBDC was the the requirement, the opportunity to learn. Hmm. We were always having to learn. It, it, It really was the type of work that If you're going to do the best job you can for your clients, you've got to be tuned into what they're wanting to discuss. You've got to be all in with your attention and with your knowledge. And then in many cases, you've got to do your homework. You've got to help them. They'll come up with a question or an issue that you're not an expert in. So you have to gather that information. You have a great network of peers to work with. And of course, a lot of research opportunities and and opportunities to learn new things. Hmm. Um, some of the neat things that I learned in that regard were cash flow forecasting and, and planning, particularly for financing deals. And I had an opportunity to develop some expertise in that. Learned a lot about various types of marketing. Learned a lot about various types of industries that I you know, would have never had an opportunity to, to experience or, or learn about. But I think, though, that that really the favorite part was the learning, Mm -hmm. and that's followed closely by the relationships with the clients, being able to share with the clients um, their dreams and being able to work with them to make those dreams come true. And and I think, finally, if I yes for one, I'm giving you three. Uh, I'm going to also say that the people in the SBDC, I think you have a my peers, the associates that I worked with, help smart, helpful people who really are all in to try to help small business owners be more successful. And a tremendous amount of positive energy in and around the staff, the people, and the mission of the organization. Mm-hmm. Taylor, you spent five years on a college campus, partially uh, spending some time studying business. Can you imagine spending 25 years in and around a college campus studying business? Well, I can imagine, yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I, part of it would probably be very enjoyable. Yes. I, well, I, can, I can certainly connect with the learning aspect because that's something in the field when working every day that sometimes gets lost is the continuing education and sharpening of skills and uh, something that's so important that I think a lot of us uh, leave little time for. Yeah. Bernie, I asked you about your favorite part of the job. The flip side of that, was there a part of the job that you found maybe most challenging or most difficult over that time of period? Well, you know, I think that with the passage of time, we like to dwell on the good things and not necessarily the frustrating things. I think, though, that any time, I mean, the SBDC is funded through a combination of federal and state sources. So, there can be a little extra, there's a lot of stakeholders, there can be a little extra bureaucracy or a little extra reporting that's necessary. But all in all, I always considered those kinds of things to be minor. And it really was just a sort of a price you paid for doing a job that had a lot of good things going for it. Just a reminder to our listeners, you're listening to the Small Business Matters podcast, the only podcast that truly matters to small business. Our guest today is Bernie Meineke, long-term consultant and area director for the University of Georgia Small Business Development Center. Bernie, so 25 years with the SBDC, I've got to think that you, you saw some changes in small business in terms of how they operate and how they get funded and how they're successful what are some of some of the changes that you saw over 25 years? Well, I think a couple of things probably come to mind. One of them is that when I began with the SBDC, there was no internet. And as a result, what I began to see after so much more information was available to people, I began to see that clients were coming to us much more well-prepared. In the early days of SBDC, it was frankly could be a little boring because there was a lot of information, basic information that it seemed like we were dispensing to people, mm. how to find a business license, how to write a business plan, the importance of writing a business plan, etc. But as the common knowledge or the base understanding of small business and entrepreneurship became more readily available to people, People would come with all of those things. They already had that base information. So, you know, I just looked at it as a great opportunity to go from there to build on. And I also think, too, that probably another factor that's pretty closely related to that is there are a lot of books and videos and resources. And heck, we've got Shark Tank right now. So everybody knows how to do a pitch to investors. But I think that prior to a lot of those things being so widespread, People weren't you know, as sophisticated, weren't as ready to go with the idea of entrepreneurship and small business. Hmm. Um, I also am starting to see or was starting to see before I retired, certainly uh, one of the trends, um, more the ability for somebody to start a business without employees, without commercial real estate, without and certainly outsourcing a, a lot of functions, basically you know, a solopreneur, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, somebody who, who really could build a fairly substantial business in a much more creative and flexible way. This, of course, is a challenge for organizations who uh, want to stress job growth and, and growth and employment among their clients when companies can grow fairly substantially without adding employees. 
Mm-hmm. So um, just a lot of different things. Um, I think it's been gradual. You know, some of the things that are successful, you know, in terms of having good understanding of the market, a product or service that meets the needs of the market, efficient delivery system of the product or service, good back office, good operational efficiency. All those things are, were important then and are still important. So, so much more information uh, available to small business owners today, thanks to the internet. And it's, it's easier, as you said, easier, quicker to get into business today than it, than it ever has been. Bernie, what about the, the entrepreneur, the small business owner himself or herself? Any differences that you see today versus 25 years ago in terms of that, that person who, who makes that decision to go out on their, on their own, the, 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 the new business, small business owner? Any difference there? There's always been differences, differences in terms of the motivation of the individual, what their own vision of success is, what they want out of the business. There's always been variability in that, and I I can't necessarily say that I've seen a tremendous shift because it really is all over the board. We've seen people who want a business that suits their lifestyle, want a business that will allow them some extra spending money. Maybe it's not a serious venture. We've seen it as serious a venture. We've also seen people who really want to grow and scale that business. They really want that business to be not just them and their own identity, but they want it to be something bigger than themselves. You know, I don't know that I've necessarily seen as much change as all of those factors of small business are still rattling around in much the same way, which makes working with small businesses somewhat of a challenge. Mm-hmm. And it really creates a requirement to get to know the objectives and, and needs of the individual who wants to launch that business or is attempting to grow that business. You really got to know what their goal and vision of success for that business is. Wow, that that is it's just so interesting to think about. And Bernie, you've worked with we've established with thousands of small business owners around the state of Georgia. I've got to think there's a there's a favorite that there's one one business and one individual that you worked with that for whatever reason you, you just you, you said this is this is as good as it gets. This is my favorite client. Anyone come to mind? If you'd ask my mother which of her five children she loves the most. <laughs> It would depend on who is in front of her, I guess. But no, I think I look at the different businesses that I've had the pleasure of working with, and they kind of fall into different categories. Some of them were, you know, an information exchange. I mean, people needed some help with a specific issue. I and the resources that I had available to me, we helped them as best we could. And then there are those who we developed a longer-term relationship over a number of years. And and I think there's a certain chemistry that develops between a, a business owner and, a, and an advisor when a trust level gets built. And and I think that the, the clients, and I, I wouldn't say just one, I can think of three or four in my own mind right now who I work with over a long period of time over a number of issues. Essentially, as different challenges came up with the business, with their business, they trusted me to be a resource to weigh in to help them work through those issues, provide information, etc. 
And I think it's really gratifying and an important part of the job when you really do form those kind of connections. It's really gratifying to be a trusted advisor for something so important and personal as that person's business. Bernie, are there any clients that were especially interesting or had unique business models that you can share? Yeah, there were a few that uh, I think anytime that anytime you sit down with with somebody, it's pretty common to go. You know, the bubble that forms over above your head goes, "Wow, I would never buy that," or <laughs> or or maybe I just don't get that. But then you start to realize too that well, maybe you're not the target market, you know, or you just don't get it. And so what you try to do then is to go into the mode of trying to understand what is the product, what is the benefit, who is the target market, or, you know, is, is the communication clear? And I think that if I go and, and you know, we, we certainly have a requirement for confidentiality. We don't talk about specifics. So I can just talk in general terms. Mm-hmm. But I think that in general, I'd have to say that the wildest ideas I heard probably never got off the ground. I mean, and I think that maybe some advice or or direction I would give to some business owners or people who are trying to get into business would be don't think that lightning has to strike with the perfect idea. I mean, great ideas are, 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 are outstanding, but there's a lot of boring businesses that make a lot of money when they're well executed. Very true. Very yeah. True. So, yeah, I think that to me, the business ideas were always interesting. I think that that's a requirement to, to do the kind of work I did is to really just be curious and interested about, well, how do you make money on that on that idea? So I, I think that the ideas are important, but I always try to help people understand the ideas to start. Where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. What is the execution and, and how is this going to turn into money? Where's the business model around this great idea? Bernie, switching gears, one of your roles uh, with the SBDC was the director for continuing education for the different training programs that are offered all around the state of Georgia through the different offices. And, and Bernie, remind our listeners, how many SBDC offices are there in Georgia? Right. There are 17 locations. And so every county in the state of Georgia is in the assigned service area of one of those locations. And about 45 consulting professionals who all have graduate degrees, a lot of business experience, and a, and a real desire to help folks. So that's kind of what the workforce looks like. And they're out there all throughout the state. Offices are in not only metro Atlanta, but the secondary metro areas, Macon, Columbus, Augusta, et cetera. So. And one of the training programs that you were responsible for is the GrowSmart program, a program that you and I were both involved in. Uh, share with our listeners, how did the GrowSmart program get started and to whom was it offered? Tell us a little bit about that program. Sure. GrowSmart was probably you know, one of the most fun things I was involved with throughout my career that was just that was not consulting related. And it really expanded our ability to work with growing businesses. And I'd like to back up a little bit, if you don't mind, Tim. My, sure. my experience before coming to SBDC was some of my most significant experience as it related to the work was I was involved with a startup business that you mentioned the company's name. 
And that company really was a chaotic roller coaster of a startup. It was the classic undercapitalized, chaotic, hot product, expanding rapidly, wild ride. It went to about $5 million in sales, all the time balancing the ability to produce and deliver the product, the ability to finance the inventory needed to fill the product and keep the marketing enough in check to where we didn't oversell the amount of product we had available. So I learned, I think, from that experience, the importance of, and I I had an appreciation of the fact that growing businesses are different from fairly stable businesses. We're talking doubling and tripling of sales over a couple year period. So I really knew that as as an organization, I really felt like there was a huge demand and we needed good programming for people who had the motivation and potential to grow. So that was so always in the back of my mind that it was important to, to, to have that. I think that as we started the program, we originally had a predecessor program, which had a different name. It was not called GrowSmart, but it was very similar in concept. The idea of the program was really to put business owners together in the room for five weekly full-day sessions, provide them with information, and give them an opportunity to share their experiences as business owners with, with other folks. So there was a lot of energy. There was a lot of shared experience. So I think that it's based on the idea that growing companies and companies who want to grow need different stuff from stable, smaller types of companies. And that we just had to find the right format, the right curriculum, the right material and the right marketing message to make that happen. Bernie, roughly how many graduates of the program? We have been doing approximately, the program has been going since about 2002. There have been probably 100 different classes and probably 2,000 participants Mm -hmm. since the program was launched. And Tim, you've been one of our co-developers and Mm -hmm. strong facilitators for that program for some time. So you're familiar with the type of audience and the type of energy and the takeaways that come out of that program. It really has been neat because it allows people to really give them, I think, the mindset and the skill sets that they need in order to bust through the plateaus that they're facing as business owners. Mm. Friends, you're listening to the Small Business Matters podcast, the only podcast that truly matters to small business. Our guest this evening is Bernie Meineke, 25 years experience as a consultant and as a director for the University of Georgia Small Business Development Center. Bernie, best advice that you would give to a new small business owner today, say a neighbor, maybe one of your sons, best advice you'd give to a new small business owner? As I look back on it, there were several several things, actually, Tim, that I always kind of had in mind. And I didn't always list every one for every person uh, that I spoke with, but I, I usually at some point in the conversation of getting to know somebody, I would you know, a lot of times include one or more of several things. One would be to develop relationships, I think, with mentors and trusted advisors, people that you really trust to call you on your BS. I think this is important because a lot of the really strong entrepreneurs 
they're fighting this battle within themselves. They've got an irrational confidence that they're right. And they've also got the reality that a lot of small businesses fail. So anybody who's new to business, even people who are are more experienced, have got to figure out how to balance that. Hmm. So I, I would really say, you know, you can get in your own echo chamber. So you're going to need to get advisors, mentors, people you trust, and people who will tell it to you straight. Another thing that, that, that I do like to tell people, uh, too, is to test your concept early, early in the process before you've spent a ton of money, <laughs> and test it in ways that you can afford and can afford to fail. And I know in the early stages of SBDC, we had a lot of folks write business plans, and they were fairly elaborate, and, but you don't get the prize for writing a perfect business plan. You want to make sure that that you're testing your product and your concept early. See what it takes to get a customer. See if strangers will listen to your sales pitch. Get feedback from people who aren't your friends to, to see what kind of info you're getting. This is all testing the testing the concept. And, I, and finally, I'd say just never stop learning. I think it goes back to what, what we talked about, about entrepreneurship and small business and managing and growing a business. The learning part is really never ending. Mm-hmm. And uh, people who are curious and who are willing to learn have a lot better shot at being successful over the long haul. Bernie, on the flip side, what is some advice that you've heard throughout your years that you would say, uh, that's, that's not really great uh, advice and, and maybe they... Uh, sort of a wives tale. Well, I think it might go back to probably one of the first things Taylor is the people think they need the perfect idea or they think they need a great idea to be successful and I think that some of the marketers of business opportunities and some other things out there may maybe may kind of help perpetuate this a little bit. Sure. And so I think that that's probably one of those things um there's a lot of misinformation or a lot of things that maybe have a, a little truth to them, or they may, they may have enough truth that you can find an example where, you, you know, the whole myth of government grants to start a business, for example, and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. It's kind of hard to pin it down because there's probably a, a ton of bad information out there. This is, again, where trusted resources like the SBDC, for example, who have nothing to sell you, <laughs> who really are trying to help you uh, with with your business are a great resource to kind of sort through what to believe and what not to believe. Well, Bernie, that's, that's great counsel for our listeners. One, certainly get help. Two, fail fast. Three, you want to keep learning throughout the life of your business. And and the worst news is there's no free money. Yeah, <laughs> no that's free right. money. So, Taylor, we're at my favorite part of the show. It's the, the rapid fire, the speed round. I can't wait. Go ahead. Well, Bernie, let's start you off with an easy one. What is your favorite business book? I'm going to give you a new one and an old one. Okay. The fairly new one is The the Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. Uh, he talks about organizational health, which is really important and ties into the way the entrepreneur needs to think when building his or her organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, really outstanding to go a step beyond the, you know, managing yourself as an entrepreneur to actually building an organization that's more substantial. And the old school one, I tell you, E-Myth and 
might even throw in the original guerrilla marketing book that came out in the 70s, 80s as great classic books that still get better each time you refer back to them. Okay. What is one thing that small business owners should do, but typically don't? Understand their financial space. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> as somebody who you know, loves basically building spreadsheets and understanding financial relationships, just can't imagine why somebody just doesn't goes into business and doesn't know or love their numbers. <laughs> can't understand it. Okay. Well, I definitely fall into that category as a, as a marketer. I, I like to, to brainstorm and create rather than, than to look at the numbers. So I can, I can certainly identify with that to some degree. Yeah, but it's the great equalizer when you look at your financials to see if you were kidding yourself or if you're actually able to do what you dreamed of. As a small business owner, as you mentioned, a lot of them are solopreneurs. If you were going to hire one position to add to the team, what would you recommend? I think it really does depend on the skill set of the individual. Some smaller businesses, solopreneurs are very small operators. One of the most important positions they need to hire is a salesperson. Then again, they may be a great salesperson themselves. So it really depends on where the gaps are. A lot of the information or a lot of the help that a business needs can be outsourced if it's on a small enough scale. You don't need a full-time bookkeeper if you don't have a lot of transactions. Mm -hmm. So I would give you, you know, just make sure all the key functions are covered. Make sure if you're not a good marketer, get a marketing person or a marketing group to advise you on that. The same with finance, the same with a lot of the other things that are changing very rapidly. Sure, sure. All right, Taylor, thank you for those questions. Bernie, our time has gone by way too quick today. Thank you for being with us. I'm sure that our listeners, a number of them, might want to follow up with you after the podcast. What's the easiest way for someone to reach you? Sure. Drop me an email anytime at bmeineke, that's B-M-E-I-N-E-K-E, at uga.edu. And I also want to make sure that anybody who's interested in following up with the University of Georgia Small Business Development Center should visit their site, georgiasbdc.org. Great resources. Again, I'm uh, as a retiree, I can you know, certainly attest to the skill and passion of those folks and encourage anybody who wants to reach out to them to please do so. Fantastic. Well, Bernie, thank you again for being with us and we wish you nothing but great success in your retirement. Thanks very much, Tim. Thanks, Taylor. All right. Thanks, Bernie. Taylor, uh, let's see uh, if, if one of our listeners would like to subscribe to the Small Business Matter newsletter, where would they find that? Oh, that's very easy. If you go to smallbusinessmattersonline.com, there'll be a sign-up splash page that comes up right away. You've got to just enter your email, hit enter, and you will receive our monthly newsletter. Taylor, that was a, a great interview with Bernie. Any particular takeaways for you? Yeah, I thought just the, the idea that you know, you don't have to have a, a great idea. You don't have to have, uh, you know, the, the latest technology or uh, be Elon Musk, uh, that there are a lot of ideas right in front of you that can make a lot of money. So it's just kind of finding those niches and, and finding what you're good at and applying that to the market. Yeah, that's, that's so true, I think, for business owners to understand that.
Well, that brings us to the end of our podcast this month. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. May each of you continue to pursue all that matters. Thank you, Taylor, and good evening.